0: Interesting, popular note too is Oliver Anthony was on a uh, Rogan yesterday. Indeed, he was. I was
1: listening to it. It was a strange interview. Right, yeah. It seemed
0: like Rogan did a lot of talking.
1: Yeah, he just he just, just kind of he kind of ranted at him the whole time. And Oliver was like, "Yeah, yeah, totally."
2: I mean, he said at the end, he's like, "I don't really want to like talk." He's like, "I'm excited to be here, and and rightfully so." Yeah, right. right. Fucking Joe Rogan, like you got to be stoked for that. Yeah. But he's like, I just want to write songs. Right. And so that's when Rogan was like. Totally. Keep doing it. Well, see you guys. <laughs> it was like, I noticed it was like a two and a half hour episode, not a three hour episode. Mm. Like they typically are. Yeah.
0: So it's yeah. always the thing, you know, like Rogan's really into it. If it goes three hours and if, yeah. it, if it's less than you're kind of like, yeah, yeah it seemed, it seemed like
2: he was carrying the, uh, the weight of that conversation. Well, it didn't seem like bit.
1: He ever asked him, I didn't listen to the whole thing. So maybe later on, does he get into actually asking him some questions <laughs> that you would ask a musician? Like, Hey, what's your process like? Where do you come from? He didn't like, no one knows anything about this guy. And this is his first media opportunity. And Joe didn't ask him any questions. Not his best work. You know, well, all Anthony, if you want to get a real interview,
2: ginger to ginger, <laughs> come on, man, let's go. We got our heart open. I all lived right. in Virginia too for a year when I was eight. I'm just like you. I'm just like you.
0: (laughs) I'm also also a musician. musician.
2: Dude, we could jam. (laughs) I got a studio right back here. (laughs) Come out to Montana. Come out to Montana. Hang out. Go hunting. Fishing. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Human Reaction, your weekly source for independent commentary on news, politics, and culture, where it is always our mission to arm you with the best tools that you need to almost read the whole intro without looking at the notes.
1: Ah! So close.
2: The tools you need to cut through the media misdirection and resist the mono narrative. Today, we've got a lot of very interesting topics to cover. Is COVID coming back? What does it mean for us? We're going to get into it. 1,600 scientists, including two Nobel Prize winners, have declared that the emergency surrounding climate change is a myth, and we will dig into that declaration and what it means for the climate change debate. Also, Jordan Peterson is going to be evidently getting reeducated by the Ontario Board of Psychologists, or whatever the governing body is that's telling him that what he's said on social media is mean. We'll dig into that. And Tucker Carlson and Victor Orban expose American election interference in Hungary. Here to talk about all of these things and more is David Ramblin' Rand, <laughs> the Bald Eagle of Liberty. Wow. Flying high all the way from Chicago yeah. to join us for a very late night episode.
1: Yeah, you, you're Reaction. tuning into the uh, late night episode, late night version of Human Reaction. So, it should be extra spicy. We got our our bourbon.
2: Cheers, guys. Cheers. I want to I want to uh, appreciate you both for what was our most successful episode to date last week. Uh it did much better than all the rest of our episodes and thank you so much for watching it and for enjoying
0: it and if you if you like it please do share with your friends cheers everybody and <laughs> it's not just much better it's like 30 times better oh it's like a oh, hundred times better and if you're new
1: if you're new if you're one of the new people who came in last week hey you know this really appreciate you following us and tuning in
0: thanks for making us
2: all billionaires we yes. really appreciate you <laughs> 2,000 views later <laughs> no but if you are uh, new to the show you will not know that this is Kyle Mack our resident crypto DJ
0: and pudgy penguin collector and and tonight david's glorified uber driver that's me just coming in like a half hour ago with uh dave from his delayed flight and here we are at midnight filming an episode because we couldn't do it tomorrow in our normal time you know what when
2: you're big shots like us and you're going viral every week the show must go on
0: okay (laughs) is one week every week
2: yes
1: as of this week yeah yeah if we can do it again (laughs) it's a it's a pattern right there we go two is a
2: pattern or is it three i think three's a pattern two's a We'll cut ourselves Two. some slack. <laughs> Two, two's a pat. <laughs> Please do like and subscribe to the channel wherever you're listening. Um, and, and do note, we do cover a lot of uh, different topics on this show, as I just mentioned. Uh, so be, feel free to use the chapter marks in the description to navigate to wherever it is in the show that you want to tune in to your specific topic of interest. Anyway, let's get to it. Uh, we've got COVID mania coming back, we're seeing it start to trickle into the media. We're starting to see some select organizations around the country start to re-institute some mask mandates. And it seems like some people are maybe eager for this to come back. And probably most of us out here are dreading the thought of going back to that place. So, I mean, where, where are we at here? We have a new variant that has hit the, hit the streets, right? It's Eris, uh, is it called? Eris? Is that how you pronounce it? I'm not sure. Yeah. Is this still Iris, in, the, in the alphabet? The
1: E-R-I-S. Yeah. So it's the E variant. It's the next well, one. Which is weird because it's after Omicron. It's yeah, a sub-variant we, of Omicron. Hadn't we passed this one already? I don't know how Latin works. You went to a Christian school. How's Latin work? <laughs> <laughs> I never studied Latin. Oh. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah. So it's, a, it's an Omicron sub-variant. Um, the good news, the, 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 the best stuff up front is that it's less deadly than Omicron is the current theory. And Omicron was substantially less deadly than COVID, which was substantially less different than the, substantially less deadly than the Spanish flu and SARS and swine flu and a lot of other flus. So, um, but it's still sparking a lot of worry amongst people who um, y- you were not surprised to learn that they're worried about uh, it. So, a couple colleges. I've seen some stuff on Lionsgate's production studios. Yep. And there's rumors, uh, specifically from Alex Jones, uh, that he got a call, a tip from a TSA engine, who was really looking for someone with a lot of... (laughs) Who would listen to him, obviously, and report it, you know. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't go to, I don't know, Seymour Hersh
0: or... Like it's not his area of expertise. <laughs>
1: I know, but you know, like someone with like uh, credentials in the media, it would have hey, been a breaking hey post know, for lots know. of people.
2: Alex Jones has media credentials. He's been at it a long time. He's been, yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's been broken a accurate. lot of he's been
1: stories. He's more
0: accurate than most of mainstream news. Yes, right? and, and he's, he's been also right propagated
1: a lot. lots of conspiracy theories, and many of which he, have become true. Yeah, especially the psychic vampires. That's the one I'm still waiting for. Well, to look, come true. they are you know. turning
0: the frogs gay. I mean, he, yes, he, he, yes, he was the, talking about Epstein back in 2008. Yes,
1: <laughs> right. but is he a vampire? That's. What, I mean, did they have to kill? Him? They, <laughs> they they killed him by strangulation,
0: Kyle. They to, didn't stake him. He wasn't a vampire, nor was he an interdimensional vampire be fair to Alex Jones is that's not what he's talking about with the vampires. Oh, oh, okay. He's talking about that there are people that legitimately take psychedelics to meet the psychic vampires. <laughs> that does not that sound like an experience
2: I would like to have while <laughs> he, he, taking psychedelics. He
1: was talking <laughs> that in
0: reference to LSD trials. Anyways, my criticism
1: of Alex Jones aside, basically this TSA guy called him in and said, hey, they're, going, they're looking at implementing this and they're going to roll out vaccines and they're going to shut down all the airports and make everyone to wear masks again, all that kind of stuff. So that's that's the existing news that I've heard so far.
2: I would say the, the easy litmus test on the uh, factual nature of this one is he did establish the timeline of by October or in October. If we see this sort of thing return to airports and air travel in October or by October, then... Put another, He'll be ch- another check right. in the W column for Alex Jones. <laughs>
0: he was right about about animal human hybrids. He was right about. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, dude, the chimeras. If you, haven't, yeah. if you
2: haven't seen yeah, the episode the where he appears on that conspiracy show with Jesse Ventura, where nah, they talk like, about the pandemic with uh, Dr. Rima Labo, oh, yeah, the the, and, the vaccine thing. Yeah, and yeah. he's like, yeah, and they're gonna roll out this the bioweapons, blah blah blah. I mean, like pandemic, blah blah blah. Like it all came true. I mean. Relatively,
1: <laughs> they, it's it was worth, like this is watching. population control, and it's yeah, going to kill yeah. everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's it you know. pretty extreme. Don't but like, wrong; the, I the think pandemic did happen. There's a lot of question about you know how safe the vaccines are, and that's all good. It's just when people leap to the conclusion of this is in the pursuit, and they subscribe motivations that they don't know because they've decided before they've seen evidence of what their motivation is. Right? But The Georgia well, guys, have, have you actually
0: have you actually seen the Alex Jones clip talking about this? Yes. Okay. Yeah. The mo- but sure.
1: motivation is something that should be proven by evidence, not just conjecture. And that's, yes, he does a lot of conjecture. That's, what, that's my criticism as a media person. That's all. He just conjectures a lot. Sometimes I conjecture. So, I try so, to make it based on what I know as reliably as possible. Something, something
0: that I will say is I saw a clip of, I believe it was on CNN, it might've been MSNBC, of a Pfizer official coming out saying that you should take the next vaccine that hasn't been created yet um, because he believes it will work. And that was like his exact quote. was like, I believe it will work. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that was... Man in
2: suit says, shot he's selling will work. (laughs) Um, There's your trustworthy source, America. (laughs) It's
0: just one of those things where you're like... If that doesn't give you the entire picture of everything that's happened in the last several years, like I think that's a pretty clear image of it right there. Yeah.
1: One other government has acted, too, which was the L.A. Public Health Authority has also released some stuff, but they haven't locked anything down. We don't have any of that stuff yet. And understandably, a lot of people are hearing this news and they're saying not again. I won't do it. And, and just like you said, they just said do not, I will not comply or do not comply was trending on Twitter for like two days afterwards. Cause it's just, yeah, it's which is understandable. There's so much triggering that happens for people who had to suffer through 2020. I want to remind to people, and, and we don't have to go on this for, for long, but the option for pandemic response is not what we experienced in 2020 or nothing at all. Right. That is not the standard model. The standard model for pandemic response all the way up till 2020 was what Sweden did, which is the classical model, which is that you focus protection on the vulnerable populations and you quarantine the sick. So vulnerable populations like old people, obese people, people with preexisting conditions that make them dangerous, especially lung conditions. And you quarantine people who are actively sick, who have a fever, who you know are sick, and then you let everyone else go about their day, and then you encourage them with education and resources to wash their hands and, and have good hygiene. The China model was implemented after the Bush administration, after 9-11, said, hey, the next terrorist attack might be biological, so we need to do this. And so what they looked around, they said, hey, the, this model isn't good enough because it, it probably doesn't make them feel very secure, right, because they don't do a lot in that model. And so they looked at China and said, well, we're going to do that model. And that model became more popular in the public health sphere. <laughs> it was seen that, but we know now from COVID was that Sweden did very well on a population and total COVID mortality uh, basis after the, after the quarantine. So there's, there's the, we really should have the debate and we never, never have yet of, What should our country, given our country's culture and our constitution, what should be our approach to the pandemics and actually have a debate in that space. And we're just not anymore. We were having it during COVID, but we stopped having it afterwards.
0: Well, no, it's because that doesn't allow these people to loot the country for billions of dollars, right? Like that's, that's, that's not, that doesn't allow for that. In hindsight, the pandemic response does seem like a, a
2: very convenient. uh, If, if I need to come up short of saying coordinated, uh, a <laughs> program to sell a shit ton of vaccines. And I would love to remind people as well, if maybe that's the world that you've come from, but you're looking for something different. There are other therapeutics out there that have shown efficacy against COVID and against symptomatic COVID and against hospitalization that aren't just what they've told you on CNN for the last three years that works. It's not vaccines. It's, it's not ventilators. Um, and now I've just seen, that the FDA has w- rolled back its restrictions on doctors prescribing ivermectin to treat COVID. I don't know that they've specifically come out and said
0: ivermectin is now an approved treatment for COVID, but they've at least said doctors can prescribe it. Well, and, which, and it's also remember the context of all this stuff too, is it's a Nobel, it's a Nobel prize winning drug, mm-hmm. right? Um, so like, like billion, two billion people have used it. Billions or of doses prescribed. But what happened was when Joe Rogan used it along with a lot of other things. CNN painted his face green on TV (laughs) and said that it's horse paste, and they ran it across the entire media saying that it's horse medications, horse dewormer. And it just, all of a sudden it's became horse. Like, yes, horses use it, but also people use it. Like a billion people have used it in the past. Right. Right.
2: It's very common in third world countries um, for a variety of uses. India was giving uh, that, that particular province in India was giving it out to, All of their residents, it happened to have like the lowest incidence of of COVID hospitalization and death in like the world next to, you know, some countries like Sweden who who had a very different response than the rest of the country. But there are great resources out there. I would recommend people go to, uh, I think it's flccc.org, Frontline Critical Care, um, something like that. There are tons of great resources out there. (laughs) Great example of the... The
0: the Joe. Of the the Rogan. Wish I could get like a...
2: It's like the inverse of what they do to Trump on the news, right? They turn him orange. They, like, sucked all the color out of Rogan's face in this photo to make him look extra sick.
0: When, when the reality was that he was down for, like, a day, and then he was back to, like, being his normal self after yeah. he threw everything so at it, right? He threw
2: everything mm-hmm. at it. And it's
0: important to remember, one of the
1: reasons why that was needed, and, in, and if you're ascribing the worst motivations, right, the, the profit motive motivation here was because they have to say there's no therapeutics in order to get the emergency authorization to roll out vaccines faster. Right? Yes. Right? And so it's a PR campaign that's very specifically and overtly anti-science, right? Because right. it says, despite what we know about antivirals and these other therapeutics, we can't do that because we think vaccines are the better political case and the better public health case, but the law makes us have to to, to push them kind of do this PR campaign so that we can have the emergency authorization to get these vaccines out.
0: That's an incredibly important point that I don't hear people talk about enough is that, um, if there were other things that could treat it, the emergency rollout doesn't happen. Right. right? Like that is a very important point that I don't think people kind of have really conceptualized hard enough yet. Yeah.
2: Vaccine Um, manufacturers could not get the emergency use authorization if there were other therapeutics that worked. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Additionally, that uh, Trump administrations came out and said that this fear mongering around this and from the Alex Jones reporting and the other reporting that's happening up from the college's implementation and of course, LA uh, public health is that this is all an attempt to keep him from being elected again. And as president in 2024, um,
2: what do you think about that,
1: David? You know, I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's not, it's conjecture on the motivations of the people around it. I think some people like bought the COVID line hook, line and sinker, and they're afraid, of any disease now they're just, they're just afraid. Right. And so even though this is Omicron was less deadly than COVID, which is less deadly than uh, Iris is less deadly than Omicron. We're still going to have a lot of people who are going to freak out. Right. Cause they just, they've been, it's been programmed with a lot of stuff for people to do. I don't mean that like a, in like a centralized way. Like I don't think it's actually programming people's minds, but you hear a lie enough. People tend to believe it. Sure. Well, and but also
2: we are more prone to suggestion when we are in a state of fear. Right. And so like if there is the stoking of a concern around COVID coming back and, you know, these health issues, especially as we come into the fall, mm-hmm. when it's typically you know supposed to be sort of cold and flu season ramps up, it, you know, it could put people into a place where they're more susceptible to other narratives that might pop up. Mm-hmm.
0: There's just a lot of, a lot of coincidences on timing lately on a lot of things, right? Like this is coming up right as election season's rolling. Trump's uh, trial date gets put the day before, um, super, before Tuesday. super Tuesday, Right. Prevision just happens to be on the, uh, on the plane that goes down. You know, like there's a lot of coincidences lately <laughs> that happen, right? Well, I mean,
1: it <laughs> probably just got assassinated, but, uh, it, it it was also, coincidence it's day, also but. flu season starts at this time of year every year. Right. right. I mean, For a very long time, every year this time of year, a new flu vaccine comes out to fight the everyday common flu.
2: May I just note, though, too, that, like, I feel like it's been a long time since we've heard anything about the war in Ukraine. Like, not a lot of news has come out about it. Other than the Tucker Carlson thing. Yeah. Well, right. Other than, like, the reporting that he's been doing independently, but from the mainstream channels, like, I haven't Mm -hmm. heard of, like, any big bombshell anything. Like, the spring offensive came and went with, like, out much fanfare. Well, it failed. And right. so
1: they don't want to talk about it. <laughs> right. So they <laughs> yeah. kind of just shoveled
2: it under the rug. Is this just, is this COVID narrative coming back because they're like, well, crap, the thing that we had to like occupy people's attention and keep them fixated or focused on a particular objective that we might have or something to just keep them clicking on our links and watching our shows right. is going away or is not effective for us. We need something new and COVID's just there in the wings. Right.
0: What, what, what do you, th- what do you think the general public sentiment will be on so, like, yeah, you're saying that att- attention has shifted, right? What do you think the general public sentiment will be on the COVID stuff? Like, if they do try to reintroduce lockdowns here, like, is it just going to be that a handful of blue states end up locking down like California, and New York, and they have tough measures and then everybody else goes and then we have to deal with it in airports again because that's federal with the tsa which is alex jones's point that it was right. a tsa official that came to him right i mean yeah i think
1: i think you know, that would tick me off if we had to mask up in airports oh yeah, yeah. but it it's be way better
0: than like getting kicked out of a restaurant for not having a mask like right. that, just, that happened to me is i right. just showed up without a mask and just got kicked booted out one time right like, oh yeah i got kicked out of a bookstore here yeah. in bozeman like i'll
2: like very <laughs> unapologetically and like kind of angrily like Asked to leave. And I was just like, all right, well, we'll never come back here. But anyways, that was like long after things had calmed down. Anyways, I think the, I think it'll, it'll be different per state, right? I mean, we obviously had laws passed in various states. Like Montana had some measures passed, um, to prevent certain things from being mandated. So there's that, but I just think culturally, yeah, like probably red States will be a little more resistant to it. Um, as they were when it was happening the first time, Florida, being a prime example of that blue states will probably tend to adhere to those measures more. But I think in general, people are just not like we saw the effect of it, like whether or not you bought the numbers, like we saw the effect of it. We know that we made it through it. I don't think as many people are going to be willing to go through that again because in the beginning we just didn't know. Now we know we have a benchmark. And so
1: what's interesting is we did know at the time, there was a an epidemiologist called Newt Nut K N U T. Newt, is that right? Knut? <laughs> might be Knut. Yeah, if it's a Swedish, it might Canute? be Knut Knut. Wit w I remember watching this guy and he literally predicted what we're experiencing right now. He said it'd be really bad. It'd have a really big spike and then it will trail out. And then every fall a new variant would come out and it would get steadily less and less deadly that's what we're experiencing right now this dude was right and he recommended was not vaccinating and encouraging lots of spread in order to quickly get over it to rather to get herd immunity quickly not doing what we did which was lockdowns and masks
0: and all that kind of stuff well it was like that was a i remember balaji sronivasan um who writes some good books um But he was talking about this and basically predicted everything pretty accurately back in like December prior to lockdowns, January prior to lockdowns like like these things were and and it it was all this stuff is like we see this stuff coming out of China, right? Like we could see it coming out and there was kind of that lingering threat that was happening for a few months. Um, at that time, and then all of the information got censored when, mm. when a bunch of scientists were mysteriously dying uh, from those labs that we weren't allowed to talk about for two years. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely wasn't leaked from a lab. What are you talking about? Well, uh, well that
1: was the thing is like like there Could was. Th- Fauci said it wasn't. Th- well, he th- said that to Congress <laughs> to Rand Paul looked him in the eyes said it wasn't funded by us. Yeah, Couldn't that he been. was
0: directly involved in too. He wouldn't uh, violate his oath. What are you talking about? Well, well, th- this was the thing is like there was like all these strange. So we're, um, that, that'll get us, that'll get us removed from algor- yeah. the algorithm. Unalivings, there was, right? there was some strange unalivings <laughs> that had happened in China. You're going to have to beep that out in post now. You know yeah, that. Right? Yeah, I know.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> just great work for yourself. No, I know it's just work for
1: me every time. <laughs> so you're saying the scientists at the labs in China. Yeah, there was like a bunch that unalived
0: themselves. Yeah. And, uh, wow.
2: Are no longer I with us. Yeah. And,
0: and yeah. zero Hedge reported on it. And then they got banned from Twitter for months. <laughs> like... Oh
2: yeah i remember Uh,
0: that yeah this was before lockdowns had happened
2: if you are a small business owner looking for exponential growth you have to connect with adam thune at intellectual patriots he will revolutionize your business game and help you get to the next level adam can streamline your business practices and advertising strategies to improve your bottom line his expertise in data engineering means he can build you the systems you need to collect and analyze market data his mission is to provide you with invaluable insights to fuel your success from grant writing and business proposals to digital systems integrations, even AI management, Intellectual Patriots is a one stop shop for cutting edge solutions. Don't wait another second. Visit IntelPatriots.com to learn more. That's I N T E L Patriots.com.
1: Another pivot. Do you remember when they tried to blame COVID on climate change? You remember that? No. Do you I remember don't. that? They're like, we're going to see more diseases just like this because of climate change. Uh, like it was like the typical Chevron.
2: Whew. Climate wow. change is the boogeyman Everything. that weights that's
0: that creeping under your bed at night. Right. You know, this is interesting
2: though because I think Anthony Fauci recently weighed in on some climate change stuff. He did. And it's like he what the did. hell did are you Oh, he, he did didn't he? so
1: crazy. Oh, I should can pull we pull that. can we
2: pull that? Oh man. That was that was something else. But while you pull it up, we we'll we'll just we'll it's tee a great up the next. Yeah, oh, it is yeah. for sure. I mean Fauci. Um, can't live with him, can't live without him, you know. He just make he's great for news. <laughs> I wish we were better at impressions. I would do an impression right now.
1: In zoonotic diseases, we'll have
3: the tools. But the climate change countering has to come from an international commitment to decrease the carbon imprint in society so you don't have the kinds of crazy
4: weather that we're having in this country. I mean, if you look at it, I mean everything from the fire, the tragic fire in Hawaii... To Texas,
0: which has something like 75 days in a row, <laughs> over 95. I mean, it's completely,
3: is really terribly unusual.
2: unusual
0: with climate
3: change.
1: Texas is a desert.
2: Bro. I lived in Texas for years growing up, and I remember it regularly being in the hundreds of degrees. I mean,
1: <laughs> even if the overall trend is going up, what's so frustrating is how he uses weather to describe climate. Every winter... We are, the conservatives will say, oh, it's 20 below. I wish I had some climate change. And the liberals come in they say, (laughs) climate change isn't weather. This is just the time of year and it's, you know, or it's like a particularly cold summer. And they're just like, wow, it's cool out today. And they'll be like, it's weather. It doesn't mean climate change isn't real. And then anytime something happens, that's weather, such as a hurricane that did, hurricanes happen before climate change guys believe it or not yeah it's a real thing no yeah, they pre-existed so even though a hurricane caused winds that made for really bad fire that doesn't mean the maui fires were caused by climate change and it is it is repulsive to stand on the bodies of dead children and use that opportunity to advance your public agenda in this way I and mean, it's just it's totally
2: gross Especially when the winds were created by a harp-like weather modification system and
0: probably ignited by a space laser, you know. I mean, <laughs> and this is what the aliens are trying to tell us. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. I had Alex Jones on the show. <laughs> you guys just
1: defending him, and then then you are him. I think Alex
0: Jones gets a bad rap. That's all I'm, I'm saying. saying.
1: Too. <laughs> but no, I, mean, I it's it's um, it's a it's a crazy moment when they can say whenever the weather suits our books, weather explains climate, but when it doesn't suit our books. Obviously, weather is not the same as climate. God, it's just terrible. So obviously, this medical doctor knows a lot about climate change. Unlike the 1,600 scientists, including two Nobel Prize winners, who's from around the globe, signed a declaration stating the claims of a climate emergency threatening the Earth are a myth. Is that the right language there?
2: That's a myth? That's, that's what I read. Yeah, wow. I mean, I, I've read it in a, a few different instances here. But uh, yeah, it's this organization, the Global Climate Intelligence Group, um, CLINTEL for short. Um, there's a declaration on their website, if you go to clintel.org, that kind of outlines uh, what they're saying here. And, and, and really, I want to be super clear about this because I think at first blush, people that don't believe that climate change itself is a hoax or anything like that would go, Oh, this is just another climate change is a hoax thing. It's not. In fact, their, their first statement other than, you know, below the heading here, um, which is there is no climate emergency is natural as well as anthropogenic factors cause warming. And they go into describe that. And then they go into their other points here, which I think are, are pretty interesting. Warming is far slower than predicted, right? I think a lot of the fear around this is how quickly it's happening and how we're going to achieve this, this point of no return that beyond which like the earth is just going to turn into a fireball and everything is going to be incinerated and we're all going to die. We're not going to be able to grow food and it's going to be a terrible, terrible end. They're suggesting the warming is slower than, than predicted. Um, They also note that the climate models are incredibly inadequate and have a lot of, margin for error, which is true. When you're bringing so many variables into an equation, it's, it's bound to just get really strange and unwieldy. Right. And that's been a criticism for a long time. This isn't, this isn't new stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, some of the other headings here, global warming has not increased natural disasters. Climate policy must respect scientific and economic realities. And I think this is a really big one. It's like, when we're talking about something that we think could happen is happening in the future based on these very complex and by their terms, inadequate models. And we're weighing that against whether or not people in a part of the world get to have fuel to heat their homes or, or cook food, you know, or, or we stop this thing that we think is is happening and is, is going to be an existential threat. Like there are, there are lives on the line and that's super important that we be very deliberate about decisions like that. And I mean, I think their assertion is that we're not being deliberate and we're overreacting.
1: Yeah, there's there's so much there. I mean, and we keep on circling on this climate change thing, I think particularly because of the time of year, because it's hot. We got the fires. We got the excuses that the love kids bring on up. But additionally, that, you know, it's it's a point of political control for them. Right. Because they've had so many people invest in this idea that the climate is the thing that will give the government the time, the, the, the presence, the mandate to control the economy so that we can make everything better. Uh, and I think that just turns a lot of people on. So when Vivek, for example, came out and he said that uh, the reality is that more people are dying from bad climate change policies than they are from actual climate change. Well, we now have a story from Politico saying that's a pants on fire lie.
2: Oh, this is PolitiFact, not politifact. Politico. PolitiFact, yeah.
1: yeah. Isn't that from Politico?
2: I'm not sure. Maybe. I thought they were run by Politico,
1: but yeah, PolitiFact.
2: Well, it has fact in the name, so you know this is true. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. how you know the fact checkers are, are always correct. And, they always and got the facts
1: on them. <laughs> and what's so great is we got up here and you can see if you if you're if you're tuning in on, on any of the platforms, you can get the video, you can see Alex Epstein. And if you don't know who this guy is, you need to know who Alex Epstein is. He is awesome. He is the OG of doing the best argumentation for sound energy policy, which is that the best energy is the energy you can get reliably and affordably when you need it. So your baby's in the hospital, and when it's in the hospital, there's energy there to run the defibrillator to save your baby's life or to go into the incubator or whatever. When you need energy, it has to be on demand. It has to be something you can afford. Well, the problem of a lot of green energy politics is that it, focuses the attention on unaffordable, unreliable energy. And for poor people, that's a very bad thing. So if your standard is human flourishing, fossil fuels are a moral good for that purpose. Other things are also good, like nuclear energy. And it doesn't mean that you can't do other energy products, especially if you want to put solar panels on your house or something like that. Have at it. Just don't take people's money or make the electrical power grid expensive and unreliable in your pursuit of a dogmatic claim such as that global warming is going to destroy everything. Additionally to that, it enrages me when people say what Fauci did about the Maui fires because we know now that the Maui fires in part, they were such a big deal because they stopped taking care of the uh, power lines in part because they reduced the budget for caring for the power lines to put it into green energy projects.
2: And I think they spent it on space lasers too. <laughs> Pretty sure. <laughs> oh Black man, budgets. you're killing me Doc. Dude, I know. This I'm space sorry. Lasers. All I'm good for at this hour is comic relief. <laughs> if, is, it's, if it's <laughs> arson, it was a
1: gas can and matches. By the way, we had that in Bozeman and we still don't know. Yeah. We still
2: haven't caught yeah, that Yeah, we guy. had that guy who showed up. It was oh, like Kirk on, Park Trailhead, right? Mm-hmm. Just like lit a fire and fortunately someone was there to stop it. Right. So arson's Crazy. real. It just probably doesn't come from lasers. Well, well I am <laughs> We know you can start fires with lasers.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, but the question is <laughs> is there a space laser, Joe? Is there a space laser and we, we, we know, have any
2: evidence of it? Well, I I don't know about that specifically, but oh. we do know that directed energy weapons exist. Yeah, sure. That's real. Yeah, but is there one in space? I can neither
1: and confirm nor deny it? whether China's been putting space. up a
0: bunch of satellites that are supposed to have some of this technology, too. Yeah.
2: Does it have to come from space? It could come from a plane. I don't
1: know. And also, why would you use... if? Okay, so if you have a... Um, why wouldn't you use a... Um, um, if you're above some... Have you ever read The Moon is a Harsh Mistress?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No. Yeah, yeah. So... It's a, it's a, it's a great book. It uh, explains a lot of kinds of, I think I've told
0: you about before, you yeah. it before. Robert yeah. Heinlein yeah. Is, is very good. Very classic good. fantasy. Or it's, a, it's like often. classic, like it's like libertarian literature too. It's oh. like, oh yeah, up, you like. did mention it. Yeah. It
1: explains yeah. how a free society would work and it's, it's basically about a penal colony on the moon that rebels from earth and how they do that is they use the gravity well as a weapon, right? Because the moon is a gravity well or the earth's gravity well, the moon circles around, right? Mm-hmm as you drop things into it, you know, of course it accelerates and then the mass becomes incredible, right? So even very relatively small things can be have incredible impact. So if mm. you're floating above in a geosynchronous orbit or if a, even if it's like that middle range orbit, things dropped could be really devastating if they're relatively light. So I don't know why you would use an energy weapon. Well, they have they have
2: those, right? They're called rods from God, right? It's like a tungsten rod that they drop from low, like, or Earth orbit mm. and it has so much mass and hits so hard that it's like a nuclear weapon with no fallout mm. uh, that that's that's fairly
0: real i think you could i uh, i'm worried about google searching rods from guns. <laughs> 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 it's late night human reaction <laughs> <laughs> we're
1: gonna watch some rods. oh yeah you're right it's a kinetic
0: bombardment weapon that aims to oh, deliver wow. projectiles from a high angle at a very high speed is making it, them uh, difficult to defend against is it theoretical or is it Deployed. The weapon has been proposed by the U.S. military repeatedly for decades, but there is no evidence that any country has developed or deployed mm-hmm. such a weapon. So, so anyways, which it's means they change. have it; they just haven't used it. Yeah, I mean, very true. Like, yeah. you're like I, I always generally operate that our, our military tech is like four decades ahead of where we see it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, like, it could be something. That's we know that, around, like right? most things, right? Like GPS, which now we all
2: have on our phones and in our cars, first started as a military application. They only rolled it out civilians once it sort of reaches critical mass where they knew that all the other adversarial nations had it. And so we could kind of safely release it into the wild. Right. And I mean, that's, that's sort of the idea is you want to, and I was listening to this was in some podcast. It might've been the one you sent to me, the Scott Horton podcast mm, mm-hmm. about, you know, trying to be strategic about what you allow
0: out so that you don't give it to your, your adversaries. Right. Essentially. Right. But um, so something on the uh, climate change is a hoax talk that Vivek is having here is I'm reminded of um back in the day last year when so long ago, uh when the when the whole FTX SBF thing happened, Sam Bankman Freed, all that stuff, you know, um, there was a leak, a journalist leaked his text her text messages with him, and he was talking about how Uh, all these because like he was he was brought up as like this effective altruist he's kind of the world economic forum guy like he's just like the next big thing he's like this young 29 year old blah 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 all this stuff right and he's he's kind of been brought into the circulating elite and he in this text message thread that was leaked by a journalist was um he said that all of these things about climate and all this stuff they're the they're just these shibboleths that we woke westerners play just to like get cheap virtue points And Mm. he said this in the wake, it was like the week after all this stuff went down when everything was still like, what's going on? Oh, nobody knows. And shibboleths is a fancy word that just means magic words. They're just magic words that we all say. Right. <laughs> and that's, that's what it comes down to with all this stuff. Like, like this is why Fauci can come on here and talk about something that he has no expertise in. Cause he just says the magic words and he's on the right tribe. Right. Mm-hmm. Or Bill Nye, the science guy he, he's, he's the climate guy. Right. And he's a mechanical engineer, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like all this stuff. These are all just the, the things that we woke Westerners play. Like it's yeah. just the, Game that we do so that we're all on the same tribe and we can all kind of move things together in one big blob towards some sort of goal that we kind of all have collectively. Mm. Or um, at least
1: that that subgroup does, right? So that's why everyone freaks out when Vivek says climate change agenda. Climate change is a hoax, but the climate, change agenda climate change agenda is a, agenda is a hoax. hoax. And that's why people who have embraced that shibboleth or that magic word freak out because, um, and it's, it's also it's the um, Mark Andreessen hypothesis, right? Mm -hmm. People form, and we've talked about it a little bit here, people form cults, if that's too harsh of a word, they form groups of people who believe similar things or cults, (laughs) right? The root word of culture is cult. Cult. Yeah. So our culture or culture on the right or left or libertarian culture or music culture or whatever, all these things are systems of belief that people generate and then they form groups around we're in the midst of always doing that and so once you have that lens that you know that word cult kind of kind of anchors it into that place where like some of these things are not going to be based upon a good faith they're going to be based upon the interests of the of the group or the idea um, Another one is that the ideas people don't necessarily have ideas ideas have people right yeah Carl people, Young. people subscribe to these ideas and then they get possessed by them. And those ideas themselves react when they're under threat, right? So if you hear this guy say climate change agenda is a hoax, a lot of people are just going to lose the word agenda. And they're just going to hear climate change is a hoax, especially if it's a magic word.
2: Mm, that's really interesting because it gives a, a bit more weight to the idea that you are not your ideas, mm-hmm. right? Like when you can separate yourself from that I, that that place of identifying with that which you believe, you allow yourself the a, a, a bit of buffer from just, jumping on and reacting to something that attacks a given idea that you might hold mm. right and so there's a lot of strength that comes that with that mm. you know you can you can provide yourself more time to be a little bit more objective or investigate things a little bit further and i think ultimately it ends up benefiting you more versus in the in, in the inverse where you are attached to your idea really you're just there defending the idea it, whether or not it's to your own benefit or not mm-hmm. Right. And I think in a lot of cases, the climate change agenda that a lot of people are bought into spiritually, emotionally, religiously is not to their benefit objectively.
0: Well, and it was either Lenin or Stalin that said this. It was it was some Soviet dictator that uh, he he talked about the concept of useful idiots. And this is really what this like I I will often say on here that I think the whole ESG agenda is. Is very much perpetrated by very powerful people that are trying to harness cult like energies into certain directions. And that's what it is. And I think it is something that that incentivizes malinvestment um, by nefarious actors. But most of the people that are engaged in it, they're just useful idiots in the whole thing. They're just part of the cults. They're creatures of the cults, and they're just moving in the in the moral framework that they are kind of absorbed into. And they're kind of they're NPCs in it, right? But there are there are people that understand cults exist, and they move the cults in certain directions, and they try to guide them. Like that's what that's what that's what like religiosity is, and, and they can be harnessed for good or for evil, right? Like, because at the end of the day, most of these people, they're just accepting things on blind faith, like that's all religion is, and it's whether it's a God, or it's some sort of high ideal that you're having, and some of it might be like a true religion, or, or it might be a false religion, right? It's, it's all this idea of like people grab onto idols, and they continue to move forward with those idols, and a lot of people will try to manipulate them in a direction. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Zesty Beverages. They're on a mission to unf***
2: the standard American diet by crafting drinks with fewer calories and more nutrients from real food. Their lineup of delicious offerings now includes Electric Peak Yerba Mate, postbiotic sodas, keto-friendly, ready-to-drink margaritas, and hard teas. Wondering what a postbiotic soda is? Well, head on over to ZestyBev.com to learn more and find a retailer near you. Once again, check him out online at zestybev.com. That's Z-E-S-T-Y-B-E-V.com. com.
1: Speaking of my favorite cult leader, Jordan Peterson is currently <laughs> having to go to reeducation yeah. camp in Canada.
2: Which sounds pretty culty so, in and of itself. As, as our
1: local Canadian. As our <laughs> Canada Canada expert, Canada
0: expert. <laughs> what what is what's going on with what's with Canuck Country here? What's going on? So Jordan Peterson has been subjected. Um, to re education, specifically in social media training. He, Jordan Peterson has to be trained on social media. How, how many followers does Jordan Peterson have? Uh, Collectively a lot. across all uh, his yeah. accounts? Like I, I
1: want to compare the country million? of Canada versus <laughs> Jordan Peterson just himself. <laughs> just see who's better at social media based upon <laughs> X followers?
2: Oh my God. I wish we could ask ChatGPT
0: that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will ask ChatGPT. I, I, right
0: I don't know he that is. it would be keep, keep talking. Um, keep talking. But yeah, so he has been, because he said mean words on the internet. Um, allegedly like it's it 's all subjective, right? And they used certain tweets of his, what some was like that he misgendered people and he said this or that, and he had this political opinion and um and one of the pieces of evidence was his entire transcript of one of his interviews with Joe Rogan so it was just like a three hour conversation and they 're just like yep, that's it. <laughs> and it was a lot of people that said they were clients of his that actually weren't. And so the Canadian... It was the Ontario like, College of Psychologists, yes, I believe. Yes, yeah. They're tr- they're, it's like you either have to go through this training to be better or you get your license revoked. And I, I know Dave has opinions that he should go on a hunger strike for this. Well, I know.
1: <laughs> <Yeah, but>, my, <laughs> opinion, my opinion is... He said if... It, I think this was actually C-16. So maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but I thought it might have had to do with this He did say that too. about...
0: No, no, this is, a, this is a separate thing. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know.
1: I can't remember if he said this about C-16 or if he said that about this... He did say it, this about when this C-16. And, when yeah. this got announced. He did say this, But yeah. he said, if they tell me to go, I won't go. They'll have to arrest me. And then when I go to jail, I'll have to... I will go on a hunter strike because I will not comply. And, and, and I was like, well... Now's your time to prove that
0: you're going to do this, bro. I mean, come on. You well, I, it, I think it's go better. It. Well, so th- there's a few things that we can dig into then he, then
1: he could do like an like letters from Alabama prison sort of thing. Like he'd be like writing from the inside. He, he can literally you know? be
0: Solzhenitsyn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God.
1: He would fulfill
2: his life's destiny if <laughs> he became Alexander Solzhenitsyn. <laughs> to go to jail jail for tweeting. <laughs> i I'm
1: mean, going on a podcast. It's
2: so parallel. It's kind of eerie, actually. That's why that's why I think he should deny he should said no, I'm not going to do it. Well, look, here's the thing. If he says no, I'm not going to do it, then the Ontario College of Psychologists revokes his license to practice clinical psychology, yeah. which he doesn't currently use and hasn't used for years. Mm. No, yeah. And he's he also said in the podcast that he did with his daughter responding to these this situation that he would have offers from other provinces to offer him a license to practice clinical psychology mm. in their jurisdiction immediately upon that revocation Mm. so it's not like if they take it away, like well, I, all of a sudden he's without income or right. anything like that. Like, I, so, I, think so, so it, I think it's money so much. Yeah, what he, he should is. do
1: is he oh. should then just continue to practice. He should get just one client and just start doing psychology and he, like, just put that online. He's just well, well no, so, like, doing psychology. I, I think and it's, he, it's, then it's then far more
0: effective. <laughs> then he can do it. It's far more effective from a game theory perspective <laughs> of just live streaming it, libs lives of TikTok style. Ooh. Like, it's so much. Like, that's why libs of TikTok is, has blown up so much because it's just literally them just being like, this is what they're saying. Boom! no context just here it is you know yeah Um, the
2: the case is so thin though against him that that i think his own principle wouldn't i mean and i could be proved completely wrong about this tomorrow but it seems like he would he would be loath to actually succumb to this like re-education even if just for the publicity of the situation because like these people weren't actually his clients. This is just like they're com- incredibly specious arguments about what he said that shouldn't be things that someone gets in trouble for at all, especially an entire transcript of an entire podcast episode. Like to me, like where he's at with it probably is just like, just walk away from the license. Just say no, just protest in that way and just say like, you can have it. I don't need it. Well, it's, it's I'm also, surprised he's still a Canadian citizen. It's, it's, it's also
0: important that it's very vague on what the criteria of him actually succeeding on this training is. It's literally just like they have like some expert that we don't know who it is yet. Like whoever, you know, somebody that yeah, I would figure somebody with a million, like over a million subscribers on a podcast is like good enough to be good at social media. Like they figured out social media, right? Like, but like, it's just like they have to have some expert that they still have to hire and they haven't gotten yet. It has to tell that is like, okay, he's good to go out into the world now. You know, right. like, but of course this this isn't <laughs> so even this could last years. Could right? right? you imagine
1: this. doing the Zoom call with P- Jordan Peterson? It's your first day on the job and you're like, I have to go teach Jordan Peterson how to how to use social media? This this is, you guys,
2: this is ridiculous. It's going to be hilarious. This isn't about how to tweet. He gets that very well, right? This isn't about it's how about to do it's it. about tweet. It's about what to tweet. Every tweet's a haiku poem. I don't know if you'd notice well, that. Well, I have. He's, he's, he's doing He's doing a lot adopted of,
1: this very strange style lately.
2: I think he's just trying to fill more space in the page. Get, I don't you know, think that's it is.
1: That's way too strategic. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't make any sense.
2: I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think the broader implications here, and, and he even goes into this, is that... This is meant to chill the speech of other professionals who are not Jordan Peterson, who do not have the convenience and luxury of being able to walk away from their professional license. Folks that actually rely upon that for their income would be very much incentivized not to speak up, not to say things that step out of line. This is 100% a control measure to try to... And really, just tighten the noose a little bit more around the speech of people in Canada, and and I think that, if anything, is why he has to fight it because he's the only one that can. Yeah. Well, and um,
1: and just like trying I, to, I, it's uh, trying to trying to chill speech. That's the real danger yeah, here, right? In exactly. the in the idea that some government bureaucrat can should has the moral authority to tell you how to appropriately use your speech. That's that's repulsive. That's like really gross. Although I will criticize his Twitter. Bring it up right here. I, I send it to you on Discord. <laughs> he is <laughs> oh, talking in this, a haiku. Yeah, right. It, <laughs> it just seems like a haiku. All part and parcel of Enter. The nature <laughs> of worship enter. Okay, which is if, always if resulted you you with the enters, enter. It makes more sense. <laughs> it will and always will enter, Alex Epstein, enter and base Lee. Base Mike Lee is a senator of Utah. I don't know why he's like he's kind he's tagging him here, but
0: Awesome. Uh, Jordan Peterson and Mike Lee have a good relationship. Oh,
2: you so know he so he he's been sure. on the podcast. No, like no, 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 no. No,
0: no, no. no. Yeah. I got it.
2: You know what it is? What? Turn your head to the right.
4: <laughs>
0: it's a
3: giant it's
1: a middle finger. finger. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> See, sometimes it just takes a visual thinker to really do what the intellectuals can't do. Dude,
1: no. it's quite the, right. it's quite the <laughs> It's a hidden message. He's speaking in code? It's a dog whistle. <laughs> JVP j-
0: j- 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 is someone who would do that. He like he
1: would that. do.
2: It. Okay, so now go through the rest oh, of his Twitter and let's let's see what the other ones well, look like. Well,
1: something is how many of his tweets are actually just a middle finger. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Well that's no. That one. okay. No, no. <laughs> well, at least we decoded that one. We'll, we'll work on the rest in future episodes.
0: Um, no, but something. Uh, I,
1: I, I to be clear here, I criticize him like I would my dad tweeting, or I have tremendous admiration for the guy. Just sometimes I, it makes me laugh.
0: No question, he is a boomer through and through. (laughs) Something I I will say, and I've said this for years now, is that I've believed that Jordan Peterson is kind of the Socrates of our time. Um, And because I'm seeing exactly the Socrates history of what exactly happened to Socrates in Athens is like exactly what's happened to Jordan Peterson. And like literally the parallels are like uncanny right here. Mm -hmm. um, uh, One of the big things with Jordan Peterson right here is like, He went through this whole debacle of like every, the entire media and the entire apparatus of the media was saying that he was corrupting the youth, right? Like he's a sophist corrupting the youth, which is exactly what they said about Socrates. And that then they, then they had to put Socrates through like a reeducation and a trial before he ended up ultimately taking the hemlock, um, which everybody cheered for him. And one of the things that was going on in the background of that is like, if, if you've read any of like the old Greek plays is that there was legit propaganda where they would put him in at, like they would put Socrates in as the supervillain and all of their stuff. And it's the same thing that Marvel did. Mm. Marvel took Jordan Peterson or they took the red skull one of their uh, one of their big villains and they had him literally like reading jordan peterson's book 12 rules for life and he's like educating young men to clean their room on youtube yeah they they, put it up yeah so like but that's exactly what the playwrights in greece did too is that they labeled an entire school of thought sophist an entire school of thought um bad because it's corrupting the minds of the youth and really Sophist is this term that gets thrown around after like twenty five hundred years of propaganda. That it like it's this negative term. All, all the term meant is that you you try to. Ex, it's about excellence. It's about trying to strive for excellence and arate and, and strive with virtue. Like that's what sophistry as a school of thought was, and it's become this thing is like you're a bad faith actor, right? Like mm. like that's twenty five hundred years of propaganda. at well, work right there. Right? There's, wow.
1: there's actually uh, in in uh, in philosophy when you take a, get a philosophy major, you find out that one of the reasons why. sophists were so hated too, was because aristotle had a major beef with them and so Mm -hmm. a lot of his writings is responding to sophists so yeah and 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 claiming of sophistry um you want to know who's correcting the youth squaring the circle here between the two stories have you guys heard of this new climate anxiety problem of like it's been around for a while i know but it's like a new studies are coming out in fact ryan long has an awesome like climate Uh, anxiety therapist video. That's really really? hilarious. Oh, geez. But yeah, a study found that three quarters of young people felt that, quote, the future is frightening, end quote. And about half uh, experienced climate anxiety to a degree that affected their daily lives. And about a quarter indicated fear about having children due to
2: the climate crisis. Well, I cited this very thing as uh, the reason I I don't want to have kids. Only, you know, I used uh, my fear of my tax bill as opposed to climate change, right? <laughs> hey, you
1: get that tax right off buddy. Anxiety it's can awesome.
2: come from a lot of places, people. <laughs> oh, but hey, there's me. some things you can control and some things you can't. Climate, no, but your taxes, yeah, you could probably control that.
3: A lot of people have reported that they have so much anxiety about climate change that they have to see a therapist for eco-anxiety, and those therapists have been printing money. Which is why we started The World Is Ending Eco-Anxiety Therapy, therapy. Group. The only therapy group that'll tell you you're 100% correct in thinking the world's going to end when you think it is. You are valid, and you are justified. You can expect a lot more of that for 200 bucks an hour. You are not <laughs> overreacting. You know what? other therapists don't even believe the world's going to end? You're a goner. Okay, so a few <laughs> other Climate Tuesday <laughs> theorists have been wrong in the past. Greta, Al Gore, Life magazine when they said we'd be wearing gas masks by 1985 your end of times date is correct now give us your money the money is gonna be burning any day now so give us your money and then you don't have to burn it and for a limited time we have double eco anxiety super sessions <laughs> double the money and double the do you're gonna be living in the sea in a day and a half so cram in those sessions no. put it on your dad's credit card by the time he finds out he'll be dead we all will <laughs> oh Maybe you don't have enough anxiety that'll be a hundred bucks stop showering quit your job steal give us your money
2: Uh,
1: As always, Ryan Long Uh, crushes it.
2: Just right on point. But
1: who's corrupting the youth? The education establishment that has given half, half of, of young people the age 18 to 25 having daily life affecting anxiety over climate change. Or Jordan Peterson who said, hey, clean your room and go out and shoot for your highest ideal to make the world a better place. Go carry the burden that makes you better and makes the world better. Yeah. Who's corrupting the youth here? Mm-hmm. That so much so that they need re-education by the state.
2: hmm Well, and it, it you know, it was even cited uh, in the Held versus Montana case, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Climate the, anxiety the, the was
0: the very premise of that entire case. Right.
2: Yeah. Right. And and so not only is that a personal issue that someone is battling because of this, but it's also now starting to spill out into the broader society to affect the rest of us because it's now affecting montana's energy policy because of what we can and cannot develop in terms of energy resources because of what's affecting the climate which is affecting
0: some young people's mental health absolutely and this is why i say beware the magic words and don't let the wizards cast the spells on you because it's exactly this is like you don't want to get wrapped up as an npc inside of a cult And that's all this, all this stuff is right here is everybody's just kind of going in with whatever the thing, because it makes them feel a certain way. And they have to like, and, and it's actually poisoning the youth in the sense of like, you have just this dreaded anxiety that just like spilled across an entire generation right here of, and like these people are like, I remember being on a, I was on a podcast and this girl like started yelling at me at some time. I should try to find it. Um, Post that clip. Um, yes. Started like yelling yell at it. me for like not being concerned about the future, and it was like this whole thing of and it all wrapped everyone's was like all the all all these people are ruining the climate and all these people and you got to vote and you got to do all this. and it's just like Jesus Christ, lady. Like you know, she's my age. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, lady. young lady. <laughs> <laughs> young lady. You should have just turned
2: around and been like, well, if our monetary policy wasn't so short sighted based on consumption and not savings, then you know we would be more concerned about the future and not, you know, you should just turn that on her, but well, it's, it's just this thing of just like, it's,
0: it's, it's oh, missed opportunity several years <laughs> later. Um, it's just, hey, this if thing you're listening, <laughs> that, that's what he should have said. That's what he should have clean said. your room. <laughs> well, and <laughs> it, it very much is the Jordan Peterson of like these people won't clean the room, but they'll, they'll try to fix an entire economic system, right? Like it's
2: no, totally. and it, Yeah. That's one of my favorite, um, owns of mm-hmm. his. I think
0: that was his. Oh yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. It was very much the early days. Yeah,
2: maybe you should consider like getting your own life in order before you set about trying to fix everyone else's. Uh, but I think like to kind of white pill this conversation just a little bit. You're very right, and what you're saying is like there are magic words that are motivating for people within specific cultural segments. I don't want to call them cults because that feels a little bit like disrespectful or something. No, oh, they're shit. cults. <laughs> I know they're all cults. I mean, shit, we're in one, right? This is a cult right here, whatever.
0: Well, we're trying to build a cult. Like we're still like yeah. early stages. Right? Yeah, that's I like true. to think
1: of it like, like there, there are attachments in Buddhism, for example, but it's very specifically an anti-attachment philosophy, right? Your attachment is your suffering in Buddhism, right? And so the most important thing you could do is realize the illusions, So to the degree in which we are trying to encourage a certain set of virtues and said, hey, you know, like there are good things in the world worth doing. And we try to drop white pills as much as we can while we talk about the news because the news shouldn't be what it often is. Helping people lose their illusions is incredibly empowering. And if we can do that, we're doing something good and worthwhile. And it's fundamentally anti-dogma because if you make the focus on the loss of illusion, you're, you're less likely to get captured by you know, a, a system, a layer that sits on top of reality, that interpretive layer that could
0: confuse people or, or turn into a, a cult. Well, cults are, and this is the same thing with like populism. Like populism is very much cult-like behavior. Like, like cults can be good or bad, right? Like, it's not like I'm not necessarily saying that a cult is a negative thing. It's like, like this is kind of the whole Mark Andreessen point, and you mentioned him before, as this is kind of part of his hypothesis here, is that all of Silicon Valley was built off cults. Like it's literally just all cults (laughs) and, and that's, and everything that built up of like our entire tech industry was all built up of cults from Silicon Valley, like, like legitimately like named cults. Right, right. And and American
1: culture is, I mean, like if you look at the founding fathers, the way we treat them, I mean, if you go to the Capitol building and you you look up this picture, Kyle, and you look up at the Capitol dome, you literally see George Washington sitting on the throne of God (laughs) surrounded by founders like angels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like we religiousify the state and politics and these things for reasons because that's what humans do. We're religious creatures. We're and that's and,
0: and that's why we create creatures. these mythologies. Like
2: George Washington never told a lie. You know, like cut down the cherry, same yeah. thing, yeah. right? Stuff, yeah. Well, and and to you know. Finally get back around to the point I was trying to make before Sorry. we so rudely got off track.
0: I just wanted I just <laughs> wanted to defend cults. Like I was I was I was railing on He's them, a cult but, fan. but like like I do think that they're useful and necessary and a part of human life.
2: <laughs> well that's exactly the point I was gonna make before you so rudely interrupted.
0: <laughs> Let him agree with you already.
2: <laughs> no, there are there are other cults. If you're tired of being anxious about the, the world ending because of climate change, there are different points of view. There there are different interpretations of the world and interpretations of the sets of facts that are out there and people that agree with those, that if you decide, Hey, I'm tired of living this way and I want to change my life for the better, be happier, be productive, be, you know, a, a strong member of my community and still be focused on trying to do the right thing for the world, but do it in a way that causes you less emotional pain. There are other people out there who will be your new community. This isn't the only one. Speaking of
1: world ending events, Tucker Carlson talked to the president of Hungary, which obviously means that the world is about to end because Viktor Orban is a very hated figure on the American left. And so, of course, when he did this last time at Fox News, they filled up the Internet with all kinds of Tucker Carlson talks to a Nazi I didn't know the background for Viktor Orban, so I was looking around a little bit and saw some of the stuff. And the rhetoric here was just so crazy, like it was so out of place, right? I mean, the guy—he's called a puppet of Putin, all this stuff. Hungary's a NATO country, yeah, right? Like America has a lot of influence in Hungary and has for a very long time. Uh, Hungary used to be dominated by the Russians, right? They were—they were a satellite state of the USSR. They don't have a lot of reason to elect somebody, you know, who's pro-Russian, right? Um, unless, you know, obviously the grounds and countries are complicated and, and democracy is complicated. So uh, it, it was an interesting interview. Uh, they do get into a lot of the stuff with the international relations. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I we've, you know the exposure of the American election interference in Hungary, the exposure of Americans' foreign policy, uh, and what's going on in Ukraine and kind of giving a better, more localized view. Well,
0: I, I th- and I think this clip that I have right here is um – pretty much the exact reason of why he's hated by the DC blob. Right.
4: Um, so if you were in charge of NATO, if you were, say, Joe Biden, uh, what would your next
5: move be in the war in Ukraine? What would you do? Peace, immediately. Call back Trump, that's, that's that's the only way out. Call back Trump. Call back Trump. Because you know, you can criticize him for many reasons. I understand all the all the discussion, but you know, the best foreign policy of the recent several decades belonged to him. He did not initiate any new war. Yes. He treated nicely the the, the the North Koreans and and Russia, even the Chinese. You know, he 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 delivered a policy which was the best one for middle for Middle East. Abraham Accords. Yes. So so that was a very good foreign policy. He, you know, he's criticized that he is not. You know, he's not educated enough to understand the word. But this is not the case. Fact counts. And his foreign policy was the best form for the world in the last several decades I have seen. And if he would have been the president at the moment of the Russian invasion started, no, it would, it, it would be not possible to do that by the Russians. So Trump is the man who can save the Western world and uh, probably the human beings in, uh, in the globe as well. That's, that's my personal conviction. A heck of a claim, right there, man.
2: Trump can save the world.
5: <laughs> God, Emperor and Trump,
2: all here for him. <laughs> he's not the hero we des- that we needed, but he's the hero we deserve.
1: Well, it, or whatever. It, it is interesting to listen to him talk about it because he has to be. I mean, he's literally has a border with Russia and border with Ukraine, I and mean, he's sitting right there, right. So he's in this position where he has to have a very hard nosed view about American relationships, Russian relationships, Ukrainian relationships, and how. And, and as a NATO state, like he's sitting in the privileged seat of having an American foreign policy guaranteed to a safety against Russia. So um, unlike Ukraine. So he's in a, he's in a particular circumstance where, I mean, and obviously he's very close to Russia uh, to uh, not to Russia to uh, uh, not to Putin either. (laughs) (laughs)
0: What are, you, what are you looking for, Dave? To Trump. <laughs> to Trump. <laughs>
2: say, There's a lot of Freudian
0: slips in there. <laughs> you're, pulling, you're pulling a little Mitch McConnell Yeah, in that year. was a little strange.
2: Are you, um, are you okay, Senator? Way, you need yeah, some water?
1: Yeah, just like, uh, good morning. It, it is 1230 <laughs> in the morning. Yes. Yeah, so. I'm tired, y'all. Um, By the yes. way, I had,
2: I had an epiphany, and this is totally off topic, but the great reset is what's going on inside of Mitch McConnell's brain every time this thing happens.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of savage.
2: <laughs> Boom. Boom. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh, so. <laughs> that one occurred to me earlier. Sorry, I had to.
1: Something you said earlier is that <laughs> Ukraine stories have gone away. And I think that you say like that's kind of might be strategic. I, it, I, I would say that they have gone away, but there's been they've kind of been boiling under the surface. So, for example, there was a bunch of stuff about last week. We didn't cover it because uh, we got too busy with everything else on F-16 pilots being trained by the U.S. in the U.S. right now so that we can sell them F-16s. Right. Like, Right, Ukrainian F sixteen pilots. So we were literally training their soldiers to go sell them
2: weapons so that it's almost as deploy. if they created a pandemic so they could sell vaccines to the
0: population.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or that they are creating a war so that they can sell weapons, or but, that they But are in this
0: but in this way vaccines are F sixteens. <laughs> Right. Yeah, F- right F- yeah. if you have <laughs> six
2: vaccines.
0: Wow, it is late,
2: guys. Yeah. Um, it, tell us in the comments, was the whiskey a good idea or was it a bad <laughs> idea?
1: So, yeah, there was that. There was, of course, the um, uh, the Douglas McGregor interview with Tucker was actually quite excellent and, and gave a lot of detail. So, yeah, Tucker's trying to keep the issue alive, and I think it's good. And I, and I really appreciate that we are trying to cover and pierce this because one of the things he says, for example, is he's saying, like, look... We have to go for peace here. We have to change the current policy prescription. He says there's a point where he actually asked him, like, you know, Amer- some American elites have said they're going to get rid of Putin. Would that be a good thing? No, he's b- like, that Bi-
0: would be an absolute disaster. Biden said that himself. Yeah. like it well, was those, those, that those
2: are that. the aims of the of the yeah. American political establishment as it stands right now is to take Putin out. Yeah.
0: yeah. Biden specifically said that regime change is exactly what the goal is. And the, like, like early on, like a year ago.
2: And the naivete yeah. of that is that there, there's an assumption inherent in that, that whoever comes after
0: Putin is going to be better, not worse. Well, and that actually goes into something that we didn't get a chance to talk about last week either. It had just occurred was, um, Prigozhin's, um Prigozhin um, Pr- Prigozhin Prigozhin Prigozhin. pregation, pregation, Prigozhin. Prigozhin. Haley says, right? Prigozhin. <laughs> um, when he, his plane had a malfunction, right? And he, in six, just 60 days before that, he had an attempted coup on Putin that everybody had tried to, was cheering on and saying that he was going to be, this, this hot dog salesman was going to be a great leader for, <laughs> for Russia. <laughs> just the hot dog salesman that was literally just like the day before, just cutting people's heads off, you know?
1: Died, died in the plane crash. And, and, and it wasn't a coup. I categorize it as stunt, negotiation stunt. That's how I'd think about it.
5: Mm -hmm. Mm.
1: Right? Because like, I don't think he, he he never had the aims of overthrowing the government. It doesn't appear that way. Yeah. He was arguing throughout it that Putin was lied to. Mm -hmm. It doesn't sound like you're trying to overthrow the guy. Right? So like, it was never a coup. It was always a stunt. It was always, I think, it was not a planned moment by the Western media, but rather just an example of the Western media getting very excited about an idea because they've kind of decided like, Russia bad, Putin bad, therefore guy fighting Putin is our friend. Therefore, they were like, we want this to happen, so we're going to celebrate it, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Can so, we yeah. be sure he was on the plane? Do we know that for sure?
1: Well, this is like passenger manifests evidence, but I don't know if we have physical evidence. Like yeah, a
0: or it, like we don't actually. It's yeah. just like we assume so. Yeah. But we do it know, sounds like he crashed, was supposed to be on down. the plane. Right. And, and there was, are
1: reports from X that that there was the sound of anti aircraft oh. weapons going off and a crashed airplane, like video of a crashed airplane, like an airplane going down. And
0: like but it, the- it is quite possible that he is vacationing in Buenos Aires. Like it is possible that that's the case, yeah. but we don't yeah. really know. But I'll a month, but a month
1: before the he is
0: he is dead allegedly. But a month right? before the stunt, <laughs> the negotiation stunt.
1: Because to remind everybody too, because if if you're new and you weren't, you just came on last podcast after our good one. Uh, <laughs> when we covered this from a past, <laughs> in the past. It's important. that We didn't cover this well. This happened because the Russians were going to nationalize all of the private military companies, mm-hmm. and when they did that, the, the the deadline was coming up. That's when this coup happened. Is because this guy didn't want to be folded into the um, into the architecture into the reporting structure of the Russian military directly. He wanted the independence of being a private military contractor. So him and other PMCs staged this stunts to try to negotiate better terms for themselves to get out so they didn't have to continue serving or they didn't have to be fooled into the architecture and you know about about 20 days before he did this though russia uh, putin was asked what what is the one thing you can't forgive someone for and he said betrayal mm-hmm. i and, and i absolutely believe the dude's capable of just shooting down an airplane with civilians on it to get that one guy i mean come on
2: oh yeah yeah definitely yeah but hasn't the Kremlin said, we didn't do it?
1: Well, of course they would deny it.
2: Yeah. Why?
1: Because <laughs> they have to keep out a facade of legitimate leadership. They can't be. If, if you kill someone, it looks like you're afraid of them.
2: Mm, right, that's, that's right. why you had
1: the CIA kill people in secret. You don't have the president like actually have an overt kill list. That's why Obama's quick kill list was so controversial. Well, I was going to say, don't we have that? Well, you're not supposed to have one. That's the thing. That's why it should be controversial that Obama had a kill list, right?
0: No, he, he had no scandals, Dave. No scandals. <laughs> no, scandals. No, scandals. no scandals. Yeah, no scandal
1: free. Yeah, just
2: uh,
0: scandal free eight years. Especially not the one with the the chef dying in the four feet of
2: water things going on Ooh. well and per, we'll cover that at a different and, time and yeah.
0: pergosian was you know like what a life pergosian had like right? we we should celebrate this life really his hot dog vendor kremlin chef can we splash up a little like in loving memory of Have
4: the
1: journey generate that one doing, do. you guys you guys are just
4: making me have more work <laughs> <There's>,
0: oh man <laughs> <sighs> so, yeah it's, it's just it's it's news. it is what a life it's just hot dog vendor to being killed well, for being you know it's it's crazy it's was he really alive. a hot dog vendor or is that just
2: derogatory that's for what the story
1: it? is that's that's like i thought he was a that caterer was very he'd be hot dog vendor caterer oh. chef of the of the kremlin, kremlin. right on to private military contractor somehow
2: so that pivot quite strange um, that's quite that's quite a, a journey yeah uh, would have loved to hear how that went. Because we have...
1: What interesting thing about that is there's a lot of writing f- about him over a very many years. So you can go back and see how the writing evolves.
2: Yeah, I'd have to look into that because how does one go from being a caterer at the Kremlin to just being like, hey, so Vlad, I got an idea. I want to start an army.
1: Yeah, like there is <laughs> and like... And have a, him just go... I don't yeah. think it was... I don't think it was actually his idea, right? I think most of the writing I read, this was a couple months ago, so grain of salt was that it was he developed a relationship directly with putin and was basically putin's guy with the pmc gotcha with that particular pmc faction
0: Interesting. There, there is a middle bit of the story that I feel like I'm missing where it's just like, there is still like a very big leap that exists there of being Putin's chef to, to, yeah, to lead, like, to leading an army of prisoners. <laughs> like, like there is something I feel like that's missing in the middle of that, but yeah. I would be very interested to know what that is. We'll have to do it in our memorial episode. We'll have yeah. to cover that. <laughs> <laughs> in, in loving memory, Prigozhin, of, uh, this boy. Right there, he's a fellow bald. That's why I appreciate a <laughs> bald, big, powerful bald. Yeah, yeah, he just
1: needs a chin. That's what I think he's lacking.
0: Yeah, well, he just—he's got a little extra down below. Um, here. But more came out of the Tucker interview. I—it I, was like 30 oh, minutes so of just like bombs. Like I it was would very just, interesting.
2: I would just want to go out there and say, yeah. like, if you're listening and you're not the biggest Tucker fan because you have this association with him in Fox News, like I feel like this is a whole new thing that he's doing that he was trying to do and was doing on Fox News until they were like, Okay, that's enough and they just like asked him. Like this yeah. is a whole
0: different He's era. been this guy for like a decade, but it's like now he's unleashed, right? But everybody just has this, like, again, it's like magic words, blinders, it's like, oh, Fox News, it's like, oh, you know, and everybody has, like, this mental, they have to go through these mental gymnastics about what they feel about Tucker without ever really hearing from him ever, but, like, right. like I've, I've, I've enjoyed Tucker for a decade, probably, and yeah. he's always been this guy. Like, it's, well, it's, it's not really Mack. different. Tucker enjoyer. He's a Tucker enjoyer. <laughs> I, or I'm a Tucker enjoyer. I, 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 I like a good Tucker. I like, it, I like it. when you talk about yourself in third person. Uh, you
2: got to be careful who you tell that you're a Tucker okay? Because that has different connotations. It's 2023. It's the rods of
0: God. <laughs> 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 I just closed out of that tab. And so not, I was no, that.
2: We are going to sign off because we're out of stuff to talk about well, and no whiskey.
0: No, well, we were going to cover this no. video. Right? No, no. We're <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, fine.
0: <laughs> False God, that ending. It's such like a Lord good You think,
2: my dad? How do you know I have no power in this place? They don't respect my my hard stuff. <laughs>
5: <laughs> One more clip. Come on, we gonna get right. more. to are a member of NATO. We are ally to the United States, and we are worse treated than the Russians. You know what? What's that about? What is it about? It's what you
4: just said. So what? it Just to, it might be helpful to say it out loud. Now the the administration spent US tax dollars to campaign against you in your last election. They didn't succeed, you won you know, in a fair election. Um, big money. Big money. I don't think most Americans understand that their tax dollars went <laughs> to defeat you in Hungary. Yeah, exactly. But that's not, I mean, if you respect democracy, don't you let countries govern themselves?
5: It's definitely against all the principles, we confess.
4: (laughs) Yes, it is. Are you worried about uh, American control over Hungarian debt? Debt? Debt. Yeah, debt. I mean, are you you worried that that the Biden administration could potentially hurt Hungary economically?
5: No. Ten years ago, probably that could have been the case, but today we are strong enough. No, no. It, it, you know, it's not easy. It's far easier to cooperate with uh, the with United States government. It's, it's far nicer horizon to have a good relation. But even without that, we can stand and we can survive and we can we can we can grow. Even we can grow. Hmm.
2: Calling so, specific attention to the part where he said that American tax dollars were spent to attempt to get Viktor Orban out of office.
0: Yeah, like wow. we say on this podcast all the time of like, you know about how our foreign policy is generally trying to interfere in other people's elections and you know you can make whatever leaps you want with that we've we've kind of alluded to various things along those lines but like Everything that's going on in Ukraine with us funding rebellions and us trying to like install new people in there. It's like the same thing here. It was the same thing that happened in Yemen. It's the same thing in all the Middle Eastern countries. It's 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 what we do. Right. And most people don't realize that this is essentially what their tax their tax dollars are going towards.
2: I object to the we part of that statement, but I know what you mean.
0: We don't do this, yeah.
2: but yeah, this the this well, out of control our tax dollars do regime that. <laughs> that has control of our resources. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. oh, um,
0: America does it. We the colloquially, are, I can never say that word colloquially. Nicely <laughs> done, <are> colloquial, <laughs> colloquial,
1: um, nuclear. Yeah, right. So this is this is what was so outrageous about the accusations that Trump only won the 2016 election because of Russian interference when. Hillary Clinton, who was making that accusation, as well as the intelligence community that obviously hated Trump, you know, who then went on to lie in the steel dossier and propagate that within the White House, use that to try to blackmail Trump, use that to do all the things that they did in the media, and then to indict and all that kind of stuff around that was so obviously crazily corrupt and hypocritical, because that's what they do. Uh, the National Endowment of the Arts was created to fight the Soviets by propagating American democracy around the world. Sounds like a great idea. What do they do when the USSR is no longer around? What's their mission? Like almost everything in the government, it lives forever, right? It's a, what, they, what they describe as a self-licking ice cream cone. So now that it's gone, who's they going to propagate? Now that they don't have the USSR around, well, now they gotta, they're going to be used for global U.S. hegemony to, to ensure that and the current people in power don't like this cat so they decided to deuse and they accuse this and i haven't seen the material evidence or any like follow up reporting yet it's a pretty new interview but it's a it's a it's a not surprising but very important thing for the average person to understand everyone's always surprised by foreign policy developments in part because we don't see what goes on with this sort of thing behind the scenes all the time so then when the next foreign policy disaster happens we're like why do they hate us well, maybe because we're overthrowing their governments. They hate
0: us because we're free,
1: Dave. Maybe because right. we're free. That's yeah. right. <laughs> maybe because your tax dollars are being spent in their elections. Imagine how many people are upset at Russia to this day and want to fight the Russian-Ukrainian war that is bringing us to the brink of nuclear exchange because they believe that Trump only became president in 2016 because of Russian interference. How would you feel if you're a person in Hungary?
2: Who would be i mean who is directly adjacent to this conflict and would be immediately impacted if this were to happen yeah I mean could be immediately
0: impacted tomorrow, we don't know right. There was a, there was a big thing in here too of uh, one of the vibes I ended up getting from Orban here was, um, is that Americans think too much with like an American lens of everything that's going on right here. It's just like, you know, understand like we're literally here on the border. (laughs) Like that's a very important thing is like, it's very easy over in DC to like, to look at everything that's going on here and like assume, you know, what's going on. But like we here as like, like People in Ukraine, people in Hungary, people in Romania, people in this region. Like we have a deep historical context here that the average American doesn't even can't even come close to understanding what's going on here. That Mm -hmm. highlights a really important mental model for thinking about politics
1: in general, but especially foreign policy. And that is the pretense of knowledge problem classically made by Hayek about why socialism, you can't plan a socialist economy. You need prices because prices are a signaling mechanism. Of the localized knowledge that people on the ground have that he has because he's in Hungary that someone in DC doesn't have because they're not there the localized distributed knowledge that is embedded in prices does a better job of allocating resources the same argument applies to foreign policy in this sense no matter how much you study a country you don't know everything you need to know in order to centrally plan their security that's why a liberal world order I mean that in the classical sense, the classical liberal world order advocated for maximized trade so that countries are interdependent on each other. And so they don't go to war with one another because they need each other in order to be prosperous and wealthy. That focus on lowering trade barriers and lowering anxiety and saying we can all cooperate to make the world more peaceful and prosperous rather than trying to conquer one another. in like this zero sum game, that dream, that idea hinged on this idea that the people on the ground are the ones who are best prepared to be able to. Um, to plan their security. That's why they were anti imperialist That's why all the best people in that era were all opposed to British getting involved in Afghanistan and all over the world uh, back in the classical liberal era. And, and the same thing, the same in America. A lot of the American liberals were at that time, in the, and I'm talking about here just to put it on the calendar, between 18, uh, 1776 and 18 or, um, about 1910. Liberal meant that, right? Free market laissez-faire those same people all opposed empire for the same reason right it shut down trade made people more poor you spent money on boondoggle projects and and blew things up overseas with with uh with your tax dollars didn't make anything safer and it didn't make you wealthier because mercantilism doesn't work it failed miserably look at spain and yet we we just couple episodes we reveal that we have a mercantilist policy on oil with iran or we're pirating their ships right that's mercantilism. We're Pirate Biden. Usually using taxpayer dollars to steal resources from other countries. So anyways, that's a... Uh, realism is that idea. Restraint is, is that idea expanded. Realism is the idea that countries you know have to pursue their own security interests restraint is that americans foreign you know interest needs to be bound because we can't know everything we need to know in order to centrally plan the security of the world that's why we can't be a world empire we need to be a country amongst many not the country that tells everybody what to do all the time and tries to centrally plan everything
2: here here any final thoughts before we sign off kyle
0: No, I mean, the big thing is I highly recommend the interview, 30 minutes, and it largely just comes down to he wants peace, Biden doesn't want peace, and that's kind of the essence of the interview, right? And it's one of the reasons why he liked Trump's foreign policy and why he had a good relationship with America during the Trump administration, and he no longer, he he actually said his current relationship is absurd. So Did he? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah,
1: It it is strange, that the the fact he highlighted, and it's just right at the beginning of the clip we played, which is that... Uh, the double taxation applies
0: in Hungary, but not Russia. Yeah, and it was and it was put there happen. under the Biden administration. Yeah. Like so it was a, what uh, that
1: means is, if you earn your income in Hungary, you had to pay Hungarian taxes and American
2: taxes. So if you're an American citizen earning your income, yeah, in yes. dual citizen or whatever,
0: yeah. and that um, goes back to an old uh, Clinton law during the 90s. It was a way of getting people to stop leaving the country, and they basically controlled which countries can be, uh, I've looked into this on the passport front. <laughs> like, Why is that? It comes from the Clinton stuff. Oh, um, so I you see. can import himself a wife, was. of course. Come on. Oh, no, yeah. no, it's the opposite. <laughs> if, if you were trying to flee for tax haven, for tax haven purposes, um, some countries you're able to go and, and uh, not get taxed. Or no, it's, it, you're always getting taxed by America, basically, no matter where you live as an American citizen. Yeah. You're technically supposed to do that. But some countries you're getting double taxed. He's like got himself like on the international husband market is what's going on. <laughs> he, he's, shopping, he's looking to be he's shopping a male no, there. <laughs> no, some places are more friendly of crypto. Uh, that's just okay. all it comes uh, down to. That's uh, right? uh, uh, <laughs> like he's married so, to them games. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> some places I could live for 0% and other places like America, I'd have to live for 35%. Like it's a different thing, right? It is.
2: <laughs> it is a different thing. Very true. Well,
1: Late night edition wrapped.
2: We did it. Boom. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed our antics. Uh, Definitely do let us know in the comments. Was this uh, better or worse than the last episode? We look forward to hearing from you. Again, if you're new, uh, we appreciate listening. Please do like, subscribe, share with your friends, and we will see you in the next one. Help us fight internet censorship by liking, commenting, subscribing, following, and sharing the show with your friends. To find us around the internet, visit linktree.com slash pod And remember, well, they have, they have those, right? They're called rods from God, right? It's like a tungsten rod that they drop from low, like, or earth orbit. Mm. And it has so much mass and hits so hard that it's like a
0: nuclear weapon with no fallout. Mm. Uh, that, that's, that's fairly real. I think you could. I, uh, I'm worried about Google searching rods from God. <laughs> <laughs> It's late night Human reaction (laughs)